Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Pouillon, twists it back to McDavid, inside to Everly, reach shot, score! 3-0 Jordan Everly from Connor McDavid, and the Oilers are pouring it on, Craig Anderson and the hapless Senators. And it's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Let's get it going. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630. Chad, back in business for an abbreviated edition of the program tonight. Of course, we have been bringing you live play-by-play of the NHL Conference Finals. We will do so tonight in about an hour. St. Louis and San Jose, third game of that series, tied 1-1. Kelly Rudy will join us tonight. We'll talk a little bit about the Memorial Cup. The Oilers news today. Zach Cassian coming back for another year, one and a half million bucks. And off the draw, it's going to be Cody McLeod lining up against Zach Cassian. McLeod starts with a couple of left hooks. Cassian back in the lineup after missing the game against Minnesota due to flu. Lands a couple of stiff left jabs on Cody McLeod. They're trading lefts, and now McLeod comes with a left hook and then eats a left hook over the top from Cassian. They string one another out, both poised with left hands. Cassian's lands, McLeod does not. Cassian continues the throw. Minute 10 to go in the period. Here's Hall. Off to Cassian. Fakes. Now shoots and scores. Zach Cassian has given Edmonton a one nothing lead. All right. Some of Cassian's Oilers highlights. 36 games he played last season. He had eight points, three goals, five assists. Bit of an aside. All his Goals were on the road, so he's not scored a home goal as the member of the as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. 114 penalty minutes in under half a season. Yes, he certainly got involved. A couple of misconducts thrown in there, and uh, again, this was a low risk trade for the Edmonton Oilers when they acquired him in December for Ben Scrivens, the goaltender who clearly had no future with the Oilers organization. So Peter Shirelli, the GM of the team, took a chance on Cassian, who didn't play. In the fall, remember he was involved in that car crash in Montreal before the season, he suffered a couple of injuries in that. He went through the NHL substance abuse program and uh, dealt with some of those problems. And Cassian says, you know, he continues to uh, work on his off-ice life. Yeah, it's good. Everything's going good. Uh, I'm spending the summer out in California, so it's tough to complain in that regard. But all in all, uh, everything's going well. Training's well. Uh, my mind, mind's at ease and... Like I said, I'm excited to get the opportunity to play again. I think last year, a lot of things uh, I had to do on the fly. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to coming to training camp, having a good start, and, um, not getting thrown behind the eight ball like I did last year. Um, 
I really can't explain how excited I am, especially with the new rink going up. Uh, Edmonton fans uh, are going to be a buzz, and the city's going to be going, so it's something that uh, I'm looking forward to. All right, so uh, again, very reasonable cost for this player, just a, a one-year deal. Cassian is 25 years old, former first-round draft pick, 13th overall in 2009 to the Buffalo Sabres. He's also been with Vancouver and the Montreal Canadiens, as I mentioned. You know, Cassian, eight points in 36 games. That doesn't translate to a very, I mean, that's around a 20-point season. Maybe he's capable of a little more than that. He had a career high of 29 points in 73 games with Vancouver in the 13-14 season. But that's part of the reason I resist any speculation or any hope that Zach Cassian is going to play in the Oilers' top six, at least on a consistent basis. He just is not that. He, he just is not a consistent scorer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just know, and you can text me to 630-630, and Brandon and I were talking about this earlier today on Oilers Now. I know there's all no, he can play in the top six, put him with McDavid, put him with Hall, Nugent Hopkins, who's ever going to wind up being on the team. I, I just don't think that that 50-point level of production is there with this player. That's nothing wrong with that. He's a guy who knows his role. I think it's one of those things, when I got to Edmonton, there was a lot of injuries. And if there's injuries, I see myself as a third, fourth-line guy on the Edmonton Oilers that, that can move up and down the lineup if need be. But uh, I think me, Hendo, had a, had a good chemistry at the end of last year. That's something that's uh, looked promising. And then there's there's other places that, that I could fit in. But me, uh, if we have a full, healthy lineup, I think it's a third, fourth-line role um, that can chip in offensively. But is smart defensively and plays hard and, and stands up for teammates. But, um, I think that's kind of where I want my home to be, and I think we've we've had talks, me and Todd, about that, and uh, I'm going to embrace it moving forward, and uh, I'm excited to get to play uh, with the with the Edmonton Oilers. There's a lot of young players, uh, a lot of young skill players, so it's fun to watch, fun to be a part of. So Cassian himself says, if this is a full healthy lineup, I'm on the third or fourth line. He can chip in offensively. I think that's very fair, very reasonable. If he winds up in a third, fourth line role and can maybe get to 20 to 25 points, okay, fine. The important thing he mentioned there was, I got to stand up for my teammates. And you all know that nastiness, that that edge, um, you know, that, that ability to be the aggressor or sometimes calm things down if you have a guy on the other team running around has been something the Oilers have lacked. That's why they added a guy like, like why Peter Shirelli went out and added Zach Cassian midseason. You know what he did with Sam Gagne? The stick swing to break Sanye's jaw. Then you know what he did later on, mocking Gagne's injury later on that season. You hated it as Oilers fans. You will probably love it as Oilers fans if he does a little bit of that without going too nuts as a member of your hockey team. And, and he knows he has to be careful not to cross that line too much. There's going to be times when if you play that game on a consistent basis, there is going to be times where you cross that line. There's no if, answer, but it's a matter of, of limiting those. I think me and Todd have a good relationship and we've talked a lot and uh, I can get under the opponent's team's skin, but he mentioned while I'm doing that, the refs can get under my skin. So it's a matter of of judging what's going on in the game and really just focusing every shift on on what's going on in the game, not worrying about what what the refs refs are calling, how the refs are calling. It's just about playing my game, in, game in and game out. Uh, I think that's when I'm most successful, and that's when I'm helping the team. And 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna need a good strong push, and we're gonna need everybody this year. And everybody knows that, and it's a very important year. And uh, I think I'm looking forward to to really settling in and Edmonton. All right, so there's some comments for Zach Cassian. The full interview today by uh, going to the Oilers Now page on 630Ched.com. Brendan Ulrich and I talked to him on uh, Oilers Now. So a one-year deal for Cassian, $1.5 million, coming off an eight-point season with the Edmonton Oilers where he had 114 penalty minutes. Some other Oilers notes today. I can tell you that Cam Talbot had a 24-save shutout at the World Hockey Championship in Russia. His third shutout of the tournament as Canada rang up Sweden 6-0 in a quarterfinal game. The United States beat the Czech Republic 2-1 in a shootout. Austin Matthews had the goal for the U.S. in regulation time. He had the shootout winner. So, Canada and the United States tomorrow in a semifinal. It'll start at 11.15 Edmonton time. That'll be fun. Other results, Finland over Denmark 5-1. Russia beat Germany 4-1. So Finland and Russia in the semifinal. Canada-USA. Oilers connections there. Mentioned Talbot, Hall, McDavid, Maroon, and Hendricks play for the United States. So they square off again. They Those two teams started the tournament against each other as well. Talbot I think doing well. I know he was criticized for how he did against uh, Finland. Every goal he's going to have an off night he was able to bounce back today, and uh, you know we've talked about it on this show before. I think the Oilers got a pretty good thing in Camp Talbot. The Blue Jays are underway in Minnesota. Jose Bautista batting leadoff for the Jays for the first time since June 15, 2010. They have lost five in a row. They have not lost six in a row since September of 20, 2014. The Minnesota Twins are awful. They are 10-29 and 29 on the season. The game between the Raptors and Cleveland will start at uh, 6 30. Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender, coming up next inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Cam Talbot shut up today at the World Hockey Championship, Canada over Sweden 6 0. The Memorial Cup, don't forget, starts tomorrow. The opening game, Red Deer against London. We have NHL play-by-play coming up on 6.30. Chad, 7 o'clock game tonight, San Jose and St. Louis at 6 tomorrow. Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, the Penguins now up 2-1 in that series after a 4-2 win last night as we are joined by Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing very well. Great to have you on the show. Pretty tough for me, buddy. The one-hour work week. I think I think I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm about a month away from that. Yeah, your <laughs> your schedule's a little more a little more intense, uh, but you've yeah. been hanging in there. I, I, yeah. I know you were pretty vocal after last night's game. For the people who didn't see it, and I want to develop this a, a little further with you, since you were a, a goaltender in the NHL, you really didn't like um, some of Vasilevsky's reactions last night uh backstopping a a tampa bay team that got got pretty thoroughly outplayed last night they sure did and uh i just want to go over what i said last night uh on the program after the game uh first of all i really like his game i mean he was outstanding yesterday but he's only 21 years old and i think that immaturity really showed last night uh, by his uh by his actions uh, when they went down, uh, well, even after the first goal, uh, on his way off the ice uh, at the end of the period, he was shaking his head. And, and all people do that. I, I mean, all players are like that to a certain degree, so I don't mind that fiery attitude either. 
but it just progressed to the point where I thought it was out of control after uh, Pittsburgh had scored their third goal, and of course, after they scored their fourth. So I just thought that here's a guy that he needs to be talked to in a real civil way, not to embarrass him in front of his teammates, but just let him know that we're all in this together. They're not doing that on purpose. They're not making those mistakes on purpose. Nobody's trying to make you look bad, so don't make us look bad. And And I think that here's a guy that, you know, when you really dissect it, though, he's in no position to be putting his uh, teammates in, in that uh, light. When you think of he hasn't won a regular season game as a starter since February 29th. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I left it at the studio. But I think his goals against average uh, in that span where he's gone 0-7-0 is 340 or something like that, and the save percentage is stuck right at 9. So, um you can't really be throwing people under the bus when your your game hasn't been up to par. Now, he's played really well in these games since uh, relieving Ben Bishop, but that still doesn't take him off the hook. What I find interesting, Kelly, is, um, and you know what, I, I went out to Lloyd Minster for a, an RBC Cup game on Tuesdays. You know I used to work there, so I got to see the Bobcats play Brooks. And yeah. it was 2-1 Brooks in the second period, and the Lloydminster goalie read, led in a really tough goal, uh, you know, a long floater that went mm-hmm. in under the arm. So, I, I mean, to me, the, the goalie has to be careful. I mean, it, it's fine to show frustration, I guess, sometimes, but at some point the goalie is going to let in the bad goal. I mean, and he, and he wouldn't want yeah. 19 teammates shaking his head at him when he makes that costly mistake. Yeah, absolutely, and that's my point, that you can be – mad or disappointed angry at yourself you can and uh, you can if you need to you can express that in certain ways but you just can't do that uh, when it's your teammates um, at, at fault really because ju- exactly what you said you will let in a sinker and it's going to come so- sooner than later so you might as well accept it and you just hope that your teammates don't do things like breaking their stick on the crossbar or looking down at your end and shaking their head, all those sorts of things. So it's a team game, and I'm sure that uh, he's been talked to by a number of different people today, and, and I would expect a different uh, set of behaviors uh, next time he plays. Kelly Rudy joining us inside sports on 630. Chet, of course, we have the uh, Sharks and the Blues coming up right after inside sports. 7 o'clock uh, game tonight as they uh, move to move to California. Um, I mean, Bishop's out, not 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 playing. He's probably not going to play Game Four. Um, of the guys, so you got Elliott, uh, you got Jones, you got Murray, and has there been a goaltender that that has caught you most by surprise this playoff series of the guys guys that are left? I mean, maybe Murray's the obvious choice, but Elliott's yeah. had some times in his career where he's been a, a, a little bit maligned and Jones we've kind of never seen go this deep in the playoffs mm-hmm. before. Yeah, they're all uh, you can admire all of them for different reasons. I mean, 21 years old for what Murray's been doing is remarkable, although I, I just keep getting the sense that it's about to turn but I've been thinking that for a while and yet it hasn't. So, uh, But to me, it is Brian Elliott because going into these playoffs, he's older, he's 31 years old, hasn't had a lot of playoff success and and I've just been really impressed with the way in which he's uh, not only played but carried himself and, and handled the, the mental aspect of it when you consider, I mean, that game seven versus Chicago, if there was going to be a meltdown, it certainly would have been in that one. Um, getting pulled in game six versus Dallas and rebounding, 
exceptionally well in game seven in that one. So he's the guy to me that I just think has maybe shown people that, that he's taken his own game uh, to a different level. Kelly, before I let you go, quick thought on the Oilers news of the day. Zach Cassian resigns for a year. I don't think this is a surprise. I think it's still a relatively low-risk move for the Oilers, especially getting him at uh, one season for a million and a half dollars. Good signing. Good. He's a, uh, he can be a valuable guy. I think everybody sees that from time to time, and the challenge for him is just to make sure that he brings that on a consistent basis and doesn't do uh, stupid things on the ice that harms the uh, team game. All right. Well, and I think that's that's the the challenge, right? I mean, you want that nastiness, yeah. But then, at what point does does it hurt the team? I, I mean, you, you can't you can't tell a player that though. I mean, you have to live with. Uh, I hate to say live with, but yeah, yeah. I mean, when you and you would have been teammates where guys like that where you knew, okay, so this might be the night where maybe he puts us at a disadvantage, but I'll live with that for the times he gets it right. And sometimes that's a real quality that they have that dangerous part of that to, you know that skill set, if you want to call it that, that they keep the other team honest or scared or what have you. It just it can't be so often that uh, it's a detriment to your own team. But you're right. I mean, it's hard to tell a guy like that, don't do that, because that's one of his real qualities. Yeah, for sure. All right, Kelly, I know you got to go on TV right away, man. So thanks a lot for your time. We'll do this again. You got it. Thanks, Reed. That is Kelly Rudy joining us tonight inside sports on 630. Ched, news coming up after that. This will be great. You will hear from Jerry and Wyatt Nelson, father and son from Saskatoon. Jerry is blind. His son sits next to him at games and does the play-by-play. And as a result of that great story, they recently attended an NHL playoff game. That's up next on Inside Sports on Ched. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Got it, chipped it back up to Pavelski. Pavelski's coming in, sends it to Couture, back to Pavelski. Oh, great save by Brian Elliott. Hurdle has it, he's coming in. Dumps it, rims it along the board to Ward. Ward misses it and it's clear. Three seconds left on the power play. There's a great kill by St. Louis. That is the voice of Wyatt Nelson, a youngster from the fine city of Saskatoon who a couple of days ago got to call some play-by-play for the playoff game between the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks to tell the story of how that happened and to bring you a pretty... Pretty cool father and son hockey story. I'm pleased to welcome to the show on the line from Saskatoon, Wyatt Nelson and his dad, Jerry. Gentlemen, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, and you? Doing great. Doing, doing fine, Reed. Thanks. Yeah, right on. Well, great to have you guys on the show. You, you guys have become uh, pretty pretty big hockey celebrities over the last week or so. So, so good for you guys. Uh, let's let's first uh, start off this uh, this tale, uh, Jerry. First of all, um, no, you lost your vision when was it? Even even before Wyatt was born, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I lost my uh, I lost my eyesight in 1988, and I'd been blind quite a while already. Wyatt was born in uh, in 2003. All right. Now, so you were obviously a, a hockey fan 
before you lost your eyesight, I would assume. I sure was, yeah. Yeah, and a huge Oiler fan, too. A huge Oiler fan. Okay, so, well, you got, you, you've got you experienced some Stanley Cups as, as a fan then. Jerry, let me ask you this first before I get to, to some of Wyatt's angle. Just in terms of your ex- experience, um, I mean, we always talk about watching hockey. You ask your buddy or, you know, watch the game, all that kind of stuff. Was it d- d- difficult for you, you know, emotionally or so, some adjustment to still be a hockey fan, a sports fan, after after losing your vision? Well, um, it wasn't any harder than trying to be anything else, Reed, and going from a sighted person to a blind person. Uh, you know, everything, it, it was from one to the other. Everything I did sighted, now all of a sudden everything that I was going to do would be without sight. So uh, I think, you know, where it tends to hit home the most is uh, when I can't play the sports, with the exception of golf, I can't play the sports like White is big time into hockey and baseball now, and I can't do that with him the way I did as a sighted person. So in that way, it was kind of tough. But you know what? I mean, after a while, you get to the point, Reed, where you can sit around and mope about it or you can decide you're going to get up and be involved in some way, shape, or form. And as our story kind of demonstrate, demonstrates why it has allowed me to be a huge sports fan again through his eyes, and in particular, a hockey fan. Yeah. Wyatt, how old are you now? I'm 12. Now, who's a better golfer, you or your dad? Oh, my dad. You're okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you got some work to do there, uh, but that's okay. Wyatt, uh, how long have you and your dad been going to Blades games together? Uh, well, we've been going together for lot, lots of Lots of years, many, many years. Uh, it really started to kick off just this past season. But we'd been going together for years before that. Okay, now tell me how you started, Wyatt, how you, you, you started, you know, basically doing play-by-play for your father. Well, we uh, went to a preseason game one time in Warman. It's just a town outside of Saskatoon, and... Um, we went to this preseason game, and there was no radio feed, and usually Dad would listen to the radio, listen to the game on the radio. And like I said, there was no radio feed, so I just uh, started explaining to him what was going on, and I guess uh, I guess it worked. Wait, let me let me jump in for just one second here. What what people need to know is Wyatt thought of this all by himself, and he told me at one point he said, "Dad, I thought it would be really boring for you if you didn't know what was going on." So that's when he thought of this up all on his own and started to tell me about it. I did not ask him to help me at all. He thought of this entirely on his own. Wow, that that's awesome. Now, how 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 old were you when you started doing that, Wyatt? Uh, that was just this past season, oh, the, so I would have been 11 at the time. Okay, so you, so you just jumped into this this year, uh, Jerry. I mean, what did you, what did what did you think when when he decided to do that to, to not only do it once, but I guess keep it going? Well, I I thought initially like, <clears throat> excuse me, hey, this is this is pretty cool, and and it started out more as a conversation. 
he started telling me things. But then Wyatt's uh, almost as yappy read as I am. <laughs> he he oh. just started going, and uh, and before we knew it, it was full blown play by play. And then, uh, you know, this story began to uh, to catch some fire. And his play-by-play, each game that he did just got better and better and better. Jerry Nelson and Wyatt Nelson joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, Really cool story here that's uh, through the NHL playoffs. And you guys got to go to uh, the St. Louis Blues game. Uh, I mean, whoever wants to jump in with the answer here, how how did you find out? What was your reaction when you you knew you were going? All that kind of stuff. Well... We were sitting there, and you know, we were doing a so-called interview, um, you know, on how it was to touch the cup and all that. And we were we were sitting there, and all of a sudden, the woman Terry Sewell, her who she was the one that kind of helped us, you know, in the airport and stuff. Her phone rang. She goes, "Oh, sorry, I got to take this." And then she goes out in the hallway, came back on speakerphone, and it was. Kelly Chase and Doug Armstrong, you know, and they told us, you know, we were going to St. Louis, and for the first time in my life, I think I heard my dad speechless. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, he, we couldn't believe it, and we were, he asked me, you ready to go to St. Louis? I said, absolutely. And we were both, we were both in complete awe. So, Wyatt, what was it like to get to do some play-by-play for an NHL game? It was incredible. It was it was uh, it was an honor, and it was it was awesome. You know, going to the game is one thing, but actually getting to sit up there in the booth and and you know call some of the game, it was incredible. Jerry, what's the story here about you guys getting to be uh, in a room with the Stanley Cup? Well, as as this story grew, and and uh, when when we did the first preseason game. Um, uh, Steve Hogel, president of the Saskatoon Blades, he saw Wyatt doing this, and he thought, wow, this kid is really into Blades hockey. It was only when we were walking out of the rink and he saw my white cane and Wyatt guiding me, he thought, holy cow, there's obviously a lot more to this story. So he followed us out to the parking lot. He gave us his card and invited us to a Blades game, told us just to pick a date, and we could come as guests of the Blades. So we thought that would be it. No big deal. Sure, we'd love to go. In the meantime, we picked our date, and he got Blades TV involved as well as Global uh, Television Network, and they ran a story on us. And uh, then the Global story, of course, hit Facebook, and uh, really, really took off. And um, uh, NBC New, NBC Sports, rather, out of New York, got a hold of it, and they they got in touch with us and asked if they could come up and shoot a story on us. Now, at the time, we had no knowledge of just to what degree or extent what w- what was going on. But uh, NBA, or sorry, NBC, in in conjunction with uh, Discover Card, the sponsor of a day with the cop, had planned this that they were going to come up and interview Wyatt and I and bring the cop and surprise us with it, which they did. And I tell you, it was some surprise. What was it like for both you guys to touch the Stanley Cup? 
Well, I, I know for me, Reed, uh, one thing that I, I got to share with people is I've had opportunities in the past to go see the Stanley Cup when Jared Stoll, Dwight King, guys like that had won it. But I made a promise to Wyatt, unbeknownst to Wyatt, but I, I said I'm never going to go see the Cup unless he's able to come with me. And uh, they took us down between the second and third period on the pretext that we had to reshoot some audio for this video that we were doing. And then that's when we walked into the room. And if you watch the video, I think you'll see both our reactions. And uh, to me, everything just seemed to hit at once. It was the Stanley Cup. And I knew that very early in my life I was never going to be an NHL hockey player but I was a huge hockey fan nonetheless and anybody who's a hockey fan knows what the Stanley Cup is all about and the wonderful thing for me is that it was right there I was touching it but I also had my son standing beside me whom I promised I would never view the cup without him and I just thought it was such uh, an amazing twist of fate that um, you know my son who I enjoy doing absolutely everything with and to have something uh, you know it was like my son was on my left the cup was on my right um, I couldn't have been a, a luckier man in a better spot Wyatt what was that moment like for you? It was incredible. Like Dad said, as a as a hockey fan, to know what the Stanley Cup is and what it's about, like that was like touching the holy grail. It was incredible, you know, and I feeling it, feeling the inside of it, you know, just picturing how many guys have touched this, drank from this, lifted this over their head, kissed this. You know, you couldn't believe it. It was absolutely an incredible moment. Yeah. Well, you two are in an incredible story. Um, you know, I think a lot of people become sports fans because of, uh, you know, their father, mother, both parents or, or whatever. So you guys are a great, uh, great example of that. So uh, I guess you had to, you, why did you get to wait for another Blades game next year or are you going to keep doing some playoffs here? Uh, I don't know. I might, uh, might have to crank off a few lines for Dad in the <laughs> – in the living room, but <laughs> definitely next year we'll be going to a lot more games than we have previous years. All hey, right. Reed, you could see it would never be dull watching a hockey game with this guy, hey? Yeah, geez, you're going to have to come into uh, Edmonton and co-host some inside sports with me, Wyatt. How does that sound? That sounds very good, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, again, you guys are a great story, and I, and I know it's been a, a, a hectic time for you here, so I appreciate that you would take time to talk to the listeners here on 630 Chet. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, guys. Reed, like I said earlier, I, I listen to you every chance I get with Oilers Hockey, and it's a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure talking to you two, Jerry and Wyatt Nelson, father and son from Saskatoon. If you missed the start of that, the story, Jerry is blind. Wyatt sits next to him at Saskatoon Blades Games and does the play-by-play. They got noticed. They got to meet the Stanley Cup, and they got to go to St. Louis for the game on Tuesday night, and Wyatt got to call some play-by-play. Probably one of my favorite segments since I started hosting Inside Sports. Actually, not probably. It is. You can let me know what you think. By texting 630-630, some reaction rolling in throughout that interview. The phone number is 780-496-0063. It's 647.
This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Just want to read some of the texts coming in. Brian from Cranbrook says, hey, Reed, I got a little teary there. Very inspiring. DJ says, one of the best sorts sports stories I've ever heard. Awesome. I listened to Wyatt the other night as he was doing the play-by-play, and the smile never, never left my face. Darren says, thanks, Reed. In a time when we all need a smile, you certainly gave me one. Hey, Wyatt, you rock. Reminded me of watching hockey with my dad when I was a kid. Awesome. Stu says, oh, my God, Reed, this is absolutely the best story I have heard of in years. What an amazing father and son story. The kid is talking like a professional speaker, and he's only 12. It's, he's like, it's like he's the son of Don Cherry, for God's sakes. That's from Stu. Michael says, what a ridiculously well-spoken young man, articulate beyond his years. His future is bright. Best of luck to him. Sheldon, not in a white garbage truck, says, why it sounds like a young Jim Hewson. Very interesting story. Thanks for having him on. Julie says, as a visually impaired hockey fan, I love that interview. What an awesome son. And uh, Natalie says, uh, hey, Reed, welcome back. I missed your show the last few days. As for Jerry Nelson, I met him years ago through blind golf. He was and probably still is a great player and was a big supporter of mine during my journey through blind golf. Great guest. That is from Natalie, some text to 630-630. Love interviews like that, everybody. I mean, hey, it's a pleasure to uh, cover the NHL, CFL, all that stuff we get to talk about, but it is the, the people and the interviews that really make this job special to me, so I'm glad everybody enjoyed that uh, too. Great. Uh, oh, I've got to play this as well. By the way, if you want to know more about uh, these two, see some videos that the NHL has done, you can just Google their names. Wyatt Nelson, Jerry Nelson. It is Jerry with a G, G-E-R-R-Y. And uh, I, I took this little clip from the NHL video of when Jerry and Wyatt got to see and touch the Stanley Cup. Here's Jerry. Never in my life, ever, and with my son standing out by his side, you believe it, buddy? <laughs> Isn't this amazing? Yeah, amazing stuff for sure. We also have Jared on the phone line here, 780-496-0063. Hey, Jared. How's it going, Reed? Good. Good. I just want to make a quick comment about the Tampa-Pittsburgh series. And, you know, you read a lot about in the papers and you hear in the media about how maybe they don't need to sign Stamkos or they don't need him in the playoffs. But I still think that if you look at them eating Detroit and the New York Islanders, those are two... I guess you could call weak or mediocre teams. And I'm not the biggest Steven Stamkos fan, but I do think that if they're going to beat Pittsburgh, they're going to need him. And it's kind of similar, like Oilers went on a bit of a run where they won seven, I believe, without Connor McDavid. Six. But long term, yeah. you're not going to win without oh. him. And I think it's the same thing with Steven Stamkos, that they need him now because they're playing a tremendous opponent. And I just don't see them... Uh, doing much damage against Pittsburgh without him. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I, I mean, I think you got to resist the temptation to say, well, a team had some success without a great player. So I guess he's disposable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. Um, I, I mean, it even happened with, with the football team in town last year, too. The Eskimos went 6-4 and four without Mike Riley and at times put up some points. James Franklin had a couple really good games, right? And it was like, yeah. oh, well, maybe Riley's not that good. Well, you saw the difference when Riley came back, right? Yeah. So yeah. And I think you can get by a certain a certain while, 
but then uh, you need those key players back, and he's still one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. So I don't see them. You know, maybe they'll go six six games, possibly even seven, but I don't see them lasting uh, too much longer without uh, well, one of the best scores in the NHL. And let's face it, Bishop was one of the best goalies in the NHL this season, and he might be a bigger loss than Stamkos with the way Vasilevsky reacted last night, like Kelly was yeah. saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Reed, thanks for your time. Have a good evening. Okay, see you, Jarrett. Actually, my evening's almost uh, done. The big one-hour work week. Oh, my goodness, I'm exhausted, Matthew Panasic. Great job on the other side of the window. Uh, Canada beat Sweden 6-0. We are going to post the, the Nelson interview to the Chet Facebook page. I have a couple people asking about that. Cassian re-signed for a year, $1.5 million. More on 630Chet.com. Uh, a couple other notes here. Roger Federer has withdrawn from the French Open. Hadn't missed a Grand Slam event since the 1999 U.S. Open. He was in 65 straight. Phil Mickelson is going to have to forfeit $900,000 approximately that the Securities and Exchange Commission says he earned in an illegal insider trading scheme. He can afford it. Be, uh, he, in uh, 2015, he uh, won $2.8 million. He got another $48 million through endorsements in his golfing career. Just golf winnings. Mickelson, $80 million. <laughs> Not bad. St. Louis and San Jose up next. Thanks for listening to the abbreviated edition of the show. I actually don't know when we're going to be on next. It depends on what happens with the playoffs. Dave Campbell is the producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you soon. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.